Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Thriving While Golden by way of introduction. I am your host, Dr. Eno Nsima Obat. I'm a board certified internal medicine physician, a functional health practitioner and coach, and an award-winning author. This podcast is designed for that woman over 50 who is seeking to thrive into her golden years. Welcome again. It's really designed to be laid back and informative, and I will be covering a wide range of topics that include health and wellness tips, inspiration, motivation, as well as at times sharing with you some of my personal experiences, which I hope will empower you to make some transformative changes in your life also. This happens to be episode number 11. And today's topic I am dealing with is entitled, When is it time to make end of life decisions? When is it time to make end of life decisions? Now, I'm still a practicing physician. I work as a hospitalist. And what that is, is a physician who works exclusively in hospitals. And so this particular topic is coming to you because of the experience I have when dealing with families, especially when it comes to making those end-of-life decisions. Now, inasmuch as I have said it is our goal to thrive into our golden years, the reality is that some of us may not make it into our hundreds. And even if we do, even if we do, it's still important to think about when you transition or what decisions you want surrounding your end-of-life care. Because a lot of times, this conversation may not have occurred, and then you have a family member in the hospital and or facing a terminal illness, and nobody really knows what their best known wishes are. So that's why I'm bringing up this topic today, because I think as early as your 50s, and, and probably even earlier, it's important to have that conversation about what should my, what do I want my end of life decisions to entail? So one of the important things you want to consider doing is first of all, to have either a family member, a friend, a confidant, a clergy member, have that conversation with them. There doesn't need to be any emotion attached to this. It it just means that you have thought through different scenarios and come up with what you would like to happen in several scenarios. For instance, one of the conversations we have with family or a patient, if they are still they still have their senses around them, they're still cognizant, is in a particular situation, what would they want us to do? For instance, let's say you are going for surgery and during the course of surgery or post-operatively, you know, the immediate post-operative period after surgery, your heart should stop beating or you should go into respiratory distress 
in that scenario, what would you like to occur? What would you like to happen? This is a decision you need to step back and really think about very clearly. Another scenario may be you're found unresponsive at home. What would your decision be? Would you like to be resuscitated? So you may have heard that term DNR, do not resuscitate. That's where that term comes from. So if you're found unresponsive, what we call in the field, so you're not in a hospital situation, what would you like to happen? Would you like an attempt at resuscitation? Now, understand that these decisions are fluid. They're not set in stone. So if you made a decision about your, what we call your code status, so all these scenarios are what we call your code status. Do you want to be resuscitated? if you're found unresponsive in the field, or if you're going through surgery and you're, you should suffer some immediate respiratory or cardiac compromise that results in you needing to be resuscitated post-operatively or following a procedure in the hospital, do you want to be resuscitated? If you are dealing with a chronic illness such as heart disease or a stroke or cancer, and the end is imminent, what would you like that scenario to look like if your heart should stop beating or you're not doing very well? These are different scenarios, as you can well imagine, and perhaps some of you have already encountered that with family members or friends and had to look at each other and say, wow, wouldn't it be nice if we got some guidance from the person who is actually going through this situation? So that's why it's very important to have this conversation. One thing that I highly recommend you look at is what is called a healthcare power of attorney. And that is somebody who is designated to perform your best known wishes, not their wishes. Emphasis on not their wishes, but their best known wishes. So what does that mean? That means that you... And that person or those persons, there could be more than one healthcare power of attorney. So you could have two designates on a signed legal document, have had a conversation about all these different scenarios. And it's, it's, it's nice to paint as many scenarios as possible without making them complicated. So emphasis on not making them complicated, because if you want to really pick apart. So what happens in this situation? What if this happens? And what if that happens? Then you're probably not going to make a decision. But one of the, some of the common scenarios are those I've pointed out. If you are found unresponsive in the field, what would you like to happen? Do you want to be resuscitated or do you want to, to be left alone to have nature complete its process of your transition? If you're going through surgery or a procedure in the hospital and your heart should suddenly stop beating or you should go into respiratory distress and there's a need to immediately resuscitate you, what would you like to happen in that scenario? If you're suffering from a chronic illness and there's imminent demise and you have been informed that the outcome is the your overall prognosis and the outcome is not good, and you should be going imminently through transition, what would you like to happen in that scenario? 
So those are three main scenarios that I can think of right now where you would want to have a conversation with your healthcare power of attorney to, you know, clearly outline what it is you would want to do. Now, having said that, there is absolutely nothing wrong. I am not bringing up this topic because I feel that everybody should be a DNR. If you firmly believe that you want to give it a fighting chance, no matter what, have that conversation and have it confidently so that your healthcare, your healthcare power of attorneys know exactly what you would want done. So this is, there's no judgment here. I'm just inviting you to really consider having these conversations with your family members or, or like I said, anybody who you choose to be that person who is standing in, should you not be able to make your decisions. Now, one important thing, sometimes you may discover, for instance, if you're pretty young, say you're somebody who's relatively healthy and in their 50s, and you realize that having that conversation with a family member may engender a lot of deep emotions and maybe they, they don't want to talk about it, but you feel that it's important that, that even though you're healthy and even though there may not be anything going on with you right now, that you want to have those things in place. And if this person is very emotional, then it may necessitate you going and stepping out and looking for somebody who is more rational, if that if that makes if that word makes any sense. So somebody who doesn't who doesn't have any emotion attached to this, who can make rational decisions based upon your best known decisions. But please, just because you may find family members or friends getting very emotional doesn't mean that you should pull away and not want to have that conversation. Because you know what? If you are listening to this in the United States, you are well aware that just about a week and a half ago, we had a perfectly healthy, vibrant basketball player with his young child and and friends who were, you know, up in a helicopter and this helicopter just crashed. And these kind of things, they're possible, right? You could be in a moto accident and life just changes. Life is so fragile and it just changes and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So having that conversation as early as possible is really important. Now, having said all that, even though I wanted to just touch on the healthcare power of attorney, on the decision-making, on what your end-of-life wishes you, you want them to be, I'd also like to point out that it's also very important to have a will and perhaps have a trust as part of your estate. And please don't wait for these things. Don't don't wait on these things. Because again, life is fragile. And if you're anything like me, for instance, at this stage in my life, what I'm very present to is legacy. What do you want your legacy to look like? And so that includes all these things. It includes a will. If you have assets, how do you want those to be distributed? You you don't want your family, you know, fighting over your stuff. You don't want the state taking your stuff because you didn't leave it within a will. 
you want to make sure that your business is well outlined. I, I think that's, to me, that's that's part of living well. That's part of thriving, of knowing that at any given time, should anything happen to you, you have your business intact. So, yes, we tend to get a little finicky when it comes to, um, you know, death. We, we, we don't want to speak about it, but it's inevitable. And so I encourage you to have those conversations. Now, speaking of that, one thing that I want to take on is, is the thought of actually preparing my own memorial, like preparing my own final departure, the pictures, the ceremony, who I'd like to speak my resting place. Do I want to be cremated or do I want to be buried? That's something I'm really excited about taking on. Um, and I'm going to carve, carve out time to really think deeply about that. Because I think, again, it's it's all part of your legacy. And I think it's something exciting that you should put in place. How about that? How about if part of you thriving is really putting everything in place? Your burial, the cost of your funeral, so that you know people don't have to worry about that. Your family doesn't have to worry about that. You took care of that. Oh my goodness! Just just thinking about that makes it so powerful. Makes it makes it makes me feel like, hey, I I left an impact here. So don't want to be so morbid, but just realize that again, based upon my experience as a hospital-based physician, that a lot of people don't have that conversation. And I think it's, it's something that we need to have. It's something that we need to have. And if you have an older parent and you haven't had that conversation with them, that is their end of life, their end of life decisions, please go ahead and have that with them too. Please do. It doesn't mean that you want to hasten their death any faster. It just means that you want to give them the dignity to die on their own terms. And you don't have to be left feeling guilty having to make that decision for them. Because a lot of times I find that family members end up guilty and may also have some unresolved conflicts that interfere with their ability to think clearly about what their family members may have wanted for themselves. So whilst they're still here and healthy and of intact mind, if you have parents or older relatives who you may end up being a caregiver for, please have that conversation with them also. You'll be doing them, you'll be doing yourself, and most importantly, You'll be doing the healthcare providers who are left with taking care of them at the end of their life a great favor. Well, that's what I have for this particular episode. Um, if you are enjoying these conversations, please feel free to leave a review on any of the platforms that you happen to listen to this podcast. Also, if you are interested in hearing about a particular topic that might interest you, please zip me off an email at info at drno.com. That is info, I-N-F-O, at doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-N-O. 
www.ebonyo.com. If you'd like to interact with me on social media, please feel free to come to my Facebook page and you can look me up, Dr. Eno. Um, and also Instagram, Dr. Underscore Eno, D-O-C-T-O-R underscore E-N-O. And also on Twitter, D-O-C-T-O-R underscore E-N-O. Would love to have a dialogue with you. Would love to get your feedback as how you're enjoying the show. And more importantly, we are looking to grow our audience. So if there is any woman over 50 or close to 50 who you feel would benefit from this information and topics like this, for instance, they're relevant to any age group. So just because I call this thriving while golden and this is designed and targeted to the woman over 50, these particular topics are geared to anybody. So, you know, one of the reasons I'm really targeting us over 50 is because we are coming into that wisdom. We have that wisdom that we can impart to our younger generations. So sitting down, listening to this episode, you could grab some friends, you could grab some relatives, you could speak to your parents, you could speak to some church members and say, well, we really need to begin to think about this topic, this end-of-life decision-making. So in as much as a year to women over 50, it's designed for a wider audience. And that's because I want us to go forth and carry that information out into our communities. So again, thank you very much for listening. And I look forward to sharing some more information with you on future episodes. And in the meantime... Go forth and thrive on. Goodbye. Hello there, and thank you for listening to Thriving Wild Golden. Health-related information provided through this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, and it should not be used to diagnose or treat health problems. Please be sure to consult with your healthcare provider before instituting any changes.